Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Take a Shot with M.M. Joy Emma. I am your girl, your host, M.M. Joy Emma. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day. Whenever I'm reaching you on today's podcast, hello. I hope that you're having a good day. I hope that your day is going well. If it's not, as always, I'm sending you all the love, joy, peace, everything good. I'm sending that your way right now. I am so, so, so excited for today's conversation. I had an amazing conversation with a lady by the name of Zoe. It was such a raw, authentic, beautiful, vulnerable, informative conversation. And I honestly can't wait to share it with you. Um, Zoe is the founder of DearQueens.com. She is a contributing writer for ExoNicole.com. She is a two-time Black Weblog Award winner. So she's the real deal. But more than that, she is a girl's girl. She went through all that life had to throw at her and she overcame, she survived, she overcame, she thrived. And she went back and she said, you know what, I want to lift others up. I want to use my story to lift others up so that others that are going through what I'm going through will be able to glean from what I've been able to go through so they don't have to go through the pain that I did or they'll be better equipped to handle whatever life throws at them. So she's really about this life, y'all. And I love people that are this raw, this authentic and are willing to use what they've learned for the betterment of somebody else. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So I'm really excited. I hope that you find yourself somewhere in her story. I hope that something in our conversation just leads you to inspires you, blesses you, leads you to want to be better. Because I know that I left that conversation just wanting to be better, feeling better, and just all around feeling good. So I I, I really hope that you get that from our conversation. Um, I'm not going to hesitate any longer. I want you to hear my conversation with the wonderful Zoe. Hey, speak to me kindly. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation. Yeah, girl. Okay. I am too, because some of the stuff that I, I just was looking all over your website and reading your articles. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm sure you get this a lot, but your writing, first of all, is beautiful, um, truthfully, and your wisdom, your words, they're they're phenomenal. I literally just want to get like right into this conversation. Like, yes, let's let's go. (laughs) Okay. So um, this podcast is all, it it started with the idea of just inspiring people to, you know, pursue purpose by taking a step of faith. And so I'm very purpose um, focused. I'm very purpose driven. um, And I, I see that you are too. What I see that you're doing has purpose written all over it, honestly. So I want to ask you, what is purpose to you? And how did you find what your purpose was? So to me, my interpretation of purpose is essentially what you were created for. Um, okay. You know, God is a strategic God. He's a very intentional God. And I don't believe that any of us were put here just because. Right. I feel that we were all put here for a purpose. Our existence means something. And I genuinely believe that what we're supposed to be doing with our lives is one, figuring out what that purpose is and then executing it. Right. Um, Because that's, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, um, I honestly don't think I found my purpose. I honestly think my purpose was just revealed to me. Um, Okay. When I started my spiritual journey, I don't know how far you went back on my website, but when I started my spiritual journey, it was about 2012. Mm-hmm. I grew up in church. I would go to church sometimes with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. As I, When I was younger, I just didn't know what any of it meant. So okay. I was there, but I didn't really grasp it. And so when I started my, uh, my journey toward faith, 
Um, I started with A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Yes, yes. Books. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Love that book. It, it, it really, really changed my life and how I looked at my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I started there and the more I got, the closer I got to God, really, the more God revealed to me. Yes. So as it pertains to my purpose, um, now in hindsight, I'm thinking back and I'm like, wow, like I was executing my purpose for as long as I could remember. Come on. Yes. Wasn't until I had a connection with God that it was truly revealed to me that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, uh, a lot of people used to come to me uh, asking for advice. Mm. I don't know how I got dubbed like the advice person. But, right. And so my friends would come to me, their friends would come to me. I had people that I did not know from anyone in my AIM, I might be aging myself, but in my AOL <laughs> instant messenger asking me questions about their relationships or what they should do and and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I would always give them feedback. Um around the same time, my space was popping and I was HTML coding, creating websites and helping my friends do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Around the same time, I was writing and I was on this then popular site called Zanga. You remember that? I used to love Zanga. What? (laughs) Every time I say that, people look at me like, what is that? (laughs) What? I used to love, love, love Zanga. It was like Zanga before Tumblr. (laughs) Yes. So I was on there like journeying, chronicling my journey. And when I got closer to God, I'm like, yo, like I've really been doing all of this for so long. I'm just now figuring out how to put it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wasn't, I wasn't ever necessarily like looking or actively looking for purpose. Right. I know that once I got closer to God, he was kind of just like, all right, all right, sis, like you've been doing this and this is what I want you to do with it now. Um, That was huge for me. Wow. Now, what specifically made you, this is kind of off script, but I I have to ask, what what made you decide that you want to start writing? Was was it just internal? Or did you just say, I, I, I just, I have an itch to scratch and I just need to pick up a pen and, and write? Like, why that medium to express yourself? Honestly, I have been writing for as long as I could remember. And when I started, because I was so young, I didn't think anything of it. Um, and so I have this binder from when I was a young child of poems that I would I wrote and I would only really write when I was feeling some type of way. Like when I was mad at something or when I was sad at something, I would write poems. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would start journaling. Like when I was, you know, 10 and you got the little journal with the little fake lock on it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to keep my secrets to my phone. Um, So I was writing in there. Uh, And so I'd always been writing. I went to school for communications. Mm. Um, I went to graduate school for public relations. So I've always had to create content. Right. Um, It was always just something that was so natural to me. And so when we fast forward to what I'm doing now, it just seems like the most natural way to get my message out. Um, I didn't have to try to force anything. I was Mm -hmm. so used to writing. I was so used to blogging Mm -hmm. that it was just like, this is a message I want to get out. Well, how are you going to get it out? We're all right. Like it was just Mm -hmm. that, it was that innate for me. So I also want to talk about how you kind of, you've combined writing with this desire to especially for specifically black women. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that you've combined writing with the togetherness of black women and mm-hmm. you know faith. And I, so I want to know how, how you were able to kind of make that marriage or what was the disconnect that you saw that you said, this is, this is a need. I'm going to use my writing um, coupled with the need to see black women come together, uplift each other, uh, do better, grow. Like what, where was the disconnect? When did you notice the disconnect and why um, did you decide to you know, start Dear Queens to deal with that? So disconnect? I think, so it's like a two-part answer for me. So I noticed the disconnect within my own situations. Okay. And so when I started writing, I was honestly writing for me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds weird, but. Not at all. When 
I, I had to take a step back. I was in a situation ship uh, slightly oh, after Lord. I finished college. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a situation ship and I had to take a step back and assess myself and my decisions and where they were coming from. Mm. And again, at the same time, I was starting my spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized two things. One, girl, the decisions I was making were terrible and right. I get myself together. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, on my faith walk, I didn't necessarily have anyone to talk to me in layman's terms. Come on. Right? Because remember, I didn't grow up in church. Mm-hmm. And so when people are dropping these scriptures and saying these principles, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even know what that means. And I don't right. know how to apply it to my life. Right. Um, and so when I was growing in faith and I was growing for myself, really like getting myself out of these bad situations, I wrote for myself Mm. and it just turned out that writing for myself was also like writing for these other women Mm -hmm. because you never really realize how many other people are in your situation Mm. until you talk to them or until you interact with them. Mm. And so a lot of people started feeling like what I was feeling and they started expressing like, girl, that's my situation too. You know, like it's that connection piece. Right. Um, And then honestly, it was, it took me a little while, honestly, to kind of be okay with, I guess, segmenting myself off only to black women Mm. because you want to for a brand and sometimes for a business, you want to be able to reach as many people as you can. Yeah. And because I was already just dedicating myself to women, mm-hmm. I had already, you know, my niche was already decreasing, I guess. You right. Right. Um, and so when I was fighting with myself about like, this is just for black women. And I'd be like, oh no, but it has to be for every woman. Cause every woman can relate. Right. I'm just like, no, like this is for black women. Like, right. I'm a black woman and I'm sharing my black woman experience. Okay. And I'm hoping for the betterment of black women. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to do great, right? Everyone wants mm-hmm. everyone to do great. But my mm-hmm. energy is going to be making sure that my black sisters are doing better in their lives. That's good. So that's good. Connected that. So when when you started then, because I'm curious about your journey. So when you started then and you said, you know, I'm going to be writing for me because this is therapeutic. Did you start out with a blog? Like, how did it morph into Dear Queens? Yes. So (laughs) I'll never forget. I was working at a police station at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for the chief's office. I was completely unfulfilled. I didn't like it. And so on my lunch break, I went to this place. I call it my secret place. And it's right on the water by a lake. And I sat outside and I was crying to God. And I'm like, God, there has to be something better for me out, out here. There has mm-hmm. to be way better. And I had already recently launched a new blog because I didn't had about five, six blogs. Girl. <laughs> didn't take them as serious as I should have. And I'm right. like, listening to me anyway. Right. Um, so I recently launched a new blog and I was out there in my secret place and I was talking to God and I was crying out to God and I just felt this energy of like, I think we'll do something. Like, mm. What do you want me to do? Like, I don't, what can I do? I don't. Right. Right. Um, and immediately the name Dear Queen pops in my mind. Like Come it was on. on my spirit. Yes. And girl, my, my lunch is an hour long. I may have gotten that revelation about 30 minutes into my lunch. Right. I took myself right back to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, if this domain name is available, then it's mine. Wow. So I got to work and I purchased the domain name because it was available. And I said, well, ain't no turning back now because I don't spend some money. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and so at that point, I was I was being pushed into mm. this new place. And I felt like God, like everything I had gone through, me giving advice to people, me exposing my vulnerability mm. on Sangha and then Tumblr and then everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like I had something to offer people. Mm. And I felt like this was the fulfillment that I was seeking. Mm. And so I started from there. <laughs> I started from there. You know, I have a, a kind of, off script an odd question because our stories are finding so many similarities between your story and my story as far as how take a shot started Mm -hmm. and so this is probably just for me but I'm gonna ask anyway um 
what do you um what do you do when um because now you know you speak with you speak with such you know beauty and authenticity and wisdom um and you have a lot to give what do you do when people come across your stuff older people come across your stuff and kind of dismiss you because they say you're too young how how are you able to to deal with that because I, I'm sure you've come across that yeah you know I it's it honestly took me a while to take people's comments and opinions at face value mm. I think so much of what we do both you and I and so many other creatives when we put ourselves out there it's kind of like we are opening ourselves up to that type of criticism right and right. I am I am the first to acknowledge that I have I have not struggled much compared to other people. Mm-hmm. But it's also important to recognize that though my struggle is different, that doesn't mean it's not struggle. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Just because an older person or whomever may not relate, well listen, it wasn't for you then. Like, you know? Okay, come on. And, come and, on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the big thing about this, especially when you talk about it from a purpose and a faith standpoint, is that mm-hmm. I believe that we are responsible for certain people in this world. And I believe that anyone who is meant to read my words, God will lead to my website. Absolutely. And if you do not relate to it, then it wasn't intended for you. Yeah. And I had to be okay with that. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm walking in that right now because... Are you? Yes, I am, girl. I am because um, I'm in this place where... I just feel, you know, the Lord, like, open up your mouth. I'll fill the, I'll fill, you know, I'll fill your mouth with the words, just speak. Mm, And then there, there, you know, the, um, the mockers that, that, you know, that will say, you know, you're young, you don't know anything yet. You Mm -hmm. haven't experienced life enough yet. And, um, oh, was that my email? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you haven't experienced life enough yet. And, you know, I, you know, I hear that I'm like, you know, this is me. I'm going to do me anyway. But sometimes it can be really, uh, what's the word? Annoying. Like, I, I don't and it can be discouraging because it's like, yes. well, dang, maybe they're right. What am I? Who do I think I am? You right. know, that's it, girl. That's it. <laughs> it's, also <laughs> like, it's also like when you are operating in purpose and you know you're operating in purpose and you know exactly what you're like, what you're doing is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Right, right. So even if y'all don't like it, or even if you don't think I'm old enough to know these things, mm-hmm. that is pouring into me. <laughs> Come on. You know? So yes. you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to understand it. But I'm going to say what God is putting on my heart to say. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm learning to walk in that confidence. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get uh, shaken in that sometimes. But I'm so, I just, I was inspired by what you, what you're doing. And I was like, I know she's probably dealt with this. Let me, let me talk to this girl about this a little bit. um, I want to talk about how, because you in your, you know, in your article, in your bio, you talk about how I'm going to read a quote. You said, there are many things that brought me here. My own heartache, struggles with loneliness and insecurities, depressions, and my challenging yet triumphant journey towards faith. So I want to talk about how you're able to help other women with your journey. What does that like practically look like? Um, How are you able to help other women with all the things that you've gone through? For me, uh, I am very, very open about my struggles. Um, And I think that vulnerability allows other women the comfortability to be open about theirs. Mm-hmm. And I think the first step to becoming better people is self-discovery. Like we have to understand who we are at our core. Yeah. What, you know, what we have to get to our own root mm-hmm. and figure out from this, how we can grow from it. How can we heal from it? How we can become better. And so I use, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm kind of like the guinea pig or mm. I don't know. Like I am sacrificing myself and my truth. Mm-hmm. So that you can in some way take my words and my struggle yeah. and say, you know what, if she could be open about it, I can be open about mine. Right. And then from there, I always try to leave like inspiration at the end. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes, I've been depressed. Yes, I've struggled with suicidal thoughts, but here is how I came out of it. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that can kind of resonate with people and really allow them to opportunity, the opportunity to discover themselves mm-hmm. and then to say, you know what, but I'm going to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is the greatest testimony that you've heard from people 
um, identify themselves in your story? Mm, that's a really good question. Honestly, and I don't even know, I guess it would be, uh, I guess it's a testimony of sorts, but one of my first uh, followers, she mm-hmm. commented on one of my posts years ago mm-hmm. and I had kept in touch with her and we'd gotten really close and she started open up, opening up to me about some of the things that were happening in her life. Mm-hmm. And I won't go too much into detail about those things, but I'm very big on like obedience, of course, and making decisions, right? Because the premise of Dear Queens Now is healthy decision making. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, she was just stagnant in her situation. And I remember it may have been about two years of us having these conversations. And she texted me and she says, this is what happened to me. And this is the decision I made to stop allowing it to happen to me. Wow. And for me, it was huge because I know what it's like to continue a repeated cycle because it's what you're used to. Right. And even I didn't care if her decision wasn't like this magnificent, crazy, miraculous type of move. Right. I cared that she decided to actually make a decision for herself. Right. 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 And that was so, so huge to me because wow. again, we had been talking for so long. Mm-hmm. I was like, sis, you are going in the right direction. Like I wow. was just so proud of her. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. That, that And I feel like that right there is, I mean, it probably just fills your cup just because at the end yeah. of the day, you do what you do so that somebody else can say my life was better, you know, for what you did. Exactly. And, and even I, I want to dive a little deeper into your work. I call this part that part because <laughs> I, kept, <laughs> I kept saying that every time I, I read your article, I was like, yeah, girl, that part. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about that of your articles I literally could I, I'm not even kidding I could sit here and pull out like little quotes from all your articles and <laughs> discuss them like yes. I try to keep myself to three but I could not so yes. let's I get started. <laughs> so I want to start with perfectionism is stunting your growth and your growth and I want to read a little bit of what you said you said we can't continue to excuse our inactivity by suggesting that the moments we currently have aren't perfect enough to manifest manifest great the weather is too cold to go for a run, so we don't. The job isn't right to start set, setting the stage for better professional opportunities, so we don't. The camera we have isn't right for starting a photography career, so instead we do nothing. The website isn't nice enough, so we don't advertise it. We constantly run from our goals because we feel that the hand we're dealt isn't conducive to the dreams that we have. We feel that if we had a little more money, time, resources, you know, the perfect circumstance, then we could really get to work. But in allowing ourselves to stay stagnant because of imperfections, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and those we're meant to serve with our gift. This spoke so heavily to me because this, no, honestly, because I, perfectionism is something that God is having to, it's like, God is like, we got to deal with that. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta deal with that. Like, we gotta shut that down because, you know, perfectionism is, to me, another word for fear. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk, I want you to break down this quote and I want you to teach us and explain to us how we recognize that we're walking in perfectionism and how we walk out of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, So, like I said earlier, a lot of the things that I write, I write for myself essentially and with anyone when when launching a new anything Mm -hmm. we're just so hell-bent on being making it perfect yeah it has to be perfect it has to look perfect it has to sound perfect feel perfect everything Mm -hmm. and part of that like you said is fear it's mm-hmm. almost like, well, if I do this and it's not perfect, what will happen? Right, right. But it's also like, if I do this, what will happen? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what will come of me doing this anyway? Right, right. And so often we don't think like that. We are so afraid of failing that we would rather do nothing. Come on. And it is so, <laughs> it is so crazy because God never asked you for perfection. Girl, I yeah, come you. on. <laughs> God asks you to move. Yes, he doesn't yes, say yes. it has to be perfect. Yes, right. He yes. does. It's not going to be perfect. How are yes. you going to learn if if you start perfect out the gate? It yes. doesn't happen that way. Yeah, right. Yes. And so, yes. so often we're like, no, everything has to be just right. And I get it because mm-hmm. it's the passion coming out, mm-hmm. and we want the great products, and we want the great service, and we want everything to be dead right. Mm-hmm. But in pro in para- it's like it's in allowing your perfectionism to paralyze yourself, you're really not serving anybody. Come on. Ooh, that's that's a tweetable moment. That's <laughs> so a tweetable now moment. 
So now instead of having the perfect product, you have no product. Come on. Which it's like, which you got to pick. You either Mm want to do something or you want to do nothing. Come on. But there is, there is like, you just have to make that choice. And one thing I tell people all the time is like, you will not start perfect. Failing is part of the game Mm -hmm. and you will learn, you will grow, you will develop. And one day you will have that perfect thing, but it's not when you start. Come on. Yeah. So would you say that a part of walking out of that is just making that decision in spite of those feelings being present? Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely that it's, I tell people, (laughs) this is my favorite quote, like do it anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of how they feel about it, do it anyway. Come it's on. not going to be perfect, but do it. Another thing, and again, this is like the faith part of it. I am so big on obedience. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it may not look like what I expected to. It may not feel like what I expected to. But if God is telling me to do it, then I need to do it. Oh, that's it. And there is no if, ands, or buts. That's it. That's it. That is it, girl. Mm-hmm. Get me together. <laughs> Um, okay. So I want to go to the next article. Okay. Oh my God. I'm really not trying to size. I really am not. I promise on everything that I love. Don't don't gas me up today, girl. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this article, the right one will. I honestly, I I wish I found this article when I went through a ridiculously painful heartbreak years ago. I wish I found this at that mm-hmm. time, because at that time I didn't, I don't want to say that because that's not necessarily true, but in moments at night when I'd be crying and just, cause it was so right. painful. Right. I wish I had these words, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To just Absolutely. wrap them around my heart. So I love this. And I honestly pray that more people read this because it is that powerful. Mm-hmm. And I want to read uh, just a little part of what you wrote. Um, okay. But this isn't a post for that. It's not a post to highlight the pain of the breakup. It's not to rehash how silly the guy is for not being man enough. It's not even to uplift you for the aftermath. It's simply to assure you that it's not your fault. It's to remind you that you are a jewel being worth being picked up, no matter how many times you've been dropped. Oh, girl. It's to, <laughs> it's to encourage you to continue the pursuit, to allow yourself to continue to be pursued. It's to pull you from the corner of your bedroom and out into the sunshine because you are perfect for the heart that's meant to love you. Mm. You are a treasure to the guy who knows the true worth of a gem. And while that one didn't appreciate you, the right one will. The right one will give you no reason to doubt. He will void your insecurities and fill you with hope for yourself and your relationship. The right one will hold you tight enough to fill your heartbeat and will be sure to protect it. He'll remember the melody to which it throbs and will unify his own with yours. I mean... Like literally just stunning, reassuring. I want to ask you, I don't know if this is a little too personal, but I want to ask you, is there backstory to this? And are you willing to share that? Um, Yes. Um, So this one I wrote shortly after my ex and I broke up Mm -hmm. and he was uh, much older than me. And we went through a period where I was sharing or I had this expectation of, what my relationship with this older guy should look like. Mm-hmm. And for him, it was a fairy tale. And for him, it was like, well, the last time you were really in love, you were 17 and things don't go like that now. And that's not how this works. And for a long time, I was kind of just like, okay, well, maybe he's right. Like I am much older now and I haven't had that serious of a relationship in so long. And whatever. Mm-hmm. But then as we started fizzling out, I really had to check myself. And I'm like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, the man God has for me is going to rise to the occasion. Come on. And no one should be able to tell you that what you desire is unrealistic. Mm. It's not like that I'm part. He's <laughs> like, no one, I wasn't asking for anything crazy or obscene. It was just how I wanted to feel in my relationship. Right. Um, the things I wanted to do in my relationship. And no one should be able to tell you that you can't have that. Right, you right, know, if right. If I'm bringing my A-game to the table and your A-game doesn't match my A-game, that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's a man out here whose A-game aligns perfectly with mine. And that's who I'm going for. Right, right. 
And I that's love just it. Bottom line, like we, good relationships are a commitment. And right. while we may not come into the relationships all together and perfect for one another, we should have. We should agree on our commitment to make it that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to make it that for me, mm. then someone else will. <laughs> There's the door. Out you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay. Period. <laughs> period. Good. But so also. <laughs> It really was like an ode to stop settling. It was an ode to say like, ladies, like, it's okay. Like there is someone out here who will meet you where you need to be met. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and that is that. Like, I love it. I love it. And you know what else? As I was reading this, this just reminded me about, I don't know. It just reminded me about God for, Mm -hmm. for some reason. It just reminded me like, even as, you know, of course, continue to, you know, be open to the possibility of God bringing someone into your life, but also know that the right one is God, that the right one to love you, you know, the way that you deserve. Because because I think about it and I'm like, a lot of us didn't have, you know, maybe the perfect example of what love looked like in the home, meaning, you know, your father is, is the one that, you know, teaches you what, how a man is supposed to love you. And a lot of us didn't have that. And so it's like learning to say, okay, God, you're my heavenly father, this area I'm lacking in this area. And right now I need you to be the the right one. And I need you to show me, you know, fill that void of my father didn't love me the way that I need, I need to be loved. So can you love me in this place, in this way, so that, you know, I, when a man comes along that isn't worthy of me, I'm like, listen, my heavenly father has shown me who I am, okay. who's I am, how I'm meant to be loved. This isn't it, period. You got to go. And Absolutely. so I didn't even think about that till I was just, I literally was just reading it and I was like, man, yeah, that's, that's, we got to get back to that as well. Girl, thank you for writing this. I, I and you, know, you know what else about that, about what you were just saying too, mm-hmm. is like when you experience God's love for you, 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 you don't want to settle for anything less. Yeah. But for me personally, experiencing God's love for me helped me learn to love myself. Come and on. Self love, you recognize that if you can't love me better than I can, Jesus. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, that is it. Yeah. <laughs> That's simple. <laughs> goodness i'm sorry i got a little dramatic but you gave me my entire <laughs> life i'm telling you i am telling you but okay so i want to talk about this other article mm-hmm. it's called the unfair unfair burden of the strong friends Girl, again I when i wrote that one <laughs> honestly honestly and here's the thing not only does this resonate deeply with me but i know somebody that this speaks volumes to because every time I talk to my friend, this is what she always says. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And I have never, let, let me just read this. Let me just read this part and have you dive into this for us. Okay. <laughs> so being the strong friend wasn't an honor nor a reward. It was lonely. Say that again. Say that again. The friends that came to the most, the friends that came to me most didn't have the decency to replenish me. Time after time, I poured myself out to lend advice and counsel to women and men who didn't have the capacity themselves to return the favor. After a while, I stopped expecting reciprocity. Instead, I carried the burdens they laid before me along with my own. I didn't speak to anyone about what I endured because I knew it would yield nothing. No advice, no help, no support. That didn't make me strong. It made me heavy. Mm-hmm. This hits home for me because quite often I have been the strong one. Mm-hmm. And, and to be very honest with you, I have for a long time um, accepted that title because I felt, I felt wanted. I feel, yes, you're always calling me for advice. You're always, you know, you're always calling me for it. But after a while, it's like, hold up, wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that I'm strong. I, I understand that. But who can I go to when... I'm having a a weak moment and I need a friend, you know, why is it that I'm always there for everybody? But then when it's, when it's my turn and I'm like, I don't know who I can really Mm -hmm. call in this moment. And so I'm learning how to, you know, say, "Uh -uh, I'm not there for you right now. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. 
you better call on Jesus because I, I'm not, I'm not like him. I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. So, so girl, talk to me about this. Talk to me about this. Break this down for me. Talk about your experience and how you've been able to kind of break free from that, from that title and just allow yourself to be. Yes. So this post was prompted, honestly, by, uh, I can't remember, I think it might have been Girls Trip. And after Girls Trip, everyone started quoting, check on your strong friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, first of all, you should check on all your friends, but okay. Right, right. Um, but I kept seeing it and I kept seeing it. It was so triggering for me because it's like, who is really defining the strong friend as the strong friend? Mm. I have never met a strong friend that was like, oh yeah, girl, I, I dubbed myself a strong friend. Mm. But like, that's not how it happens. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you somehow get this title because everyone starts dumping their stuff on you. Right. And it is so heavy. And I don't think people realize that giving advice goes deeper than just giving advice. Like, when you truly, truly love and care about your friends, in so many ways, you take their burdens on mm-hmm. and it, it just, it becomes a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, back in the day, you know, everybody would just come to me for advice. And just like you said, you know, you're like, yes, like I feel wanted, like people mm-hmm. want to come to me and talk to me. Mm-hmm. But then when you start going through your own stuff or you can't give them advice, then things change mm. because mm-hmm. now it's like, well, you're not helping me. Well, you yeah. never helped me. So what, like, what are you right. saying? Right, right. Um, and it, it, it just really is heavy and people just underestimate how heavy that is. And so for me, when I started to explore self-love and I started to explore principles of self-care, I really had to set some boundaries mm-hmm. with whose burdens I was willing to carry. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to begin exploring ways for me to be replenished. Mm. And I had this real spiritual battle because I felt like, like in my battle, I will always say, you know, Lord, well, who's going to be here for me? Who's going to be here for me? Mm-hmm. And every single time God is like, but I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Lord. Right. And when you're a servant, right, you got to think about pastors who carry people's burdens. You got to right. think about minute leaders in the church who carry people's burdens. Right. I had to kind of get my mind in that. And it's not to say that it's okay for people to dump burdens on you, mm-hmm. but it's also to kind of say like when they do, like if God put me here to serve in this way, mm-hmm. there's also an outlet for me to be replenished. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I set those burdens, I'm set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I also started recognizing that actually it may not be those people who can help me, but God can help me and mm-hmm. God can replenish me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I like was able to manage it a little better. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't carry uh, as many people's burdens as I used to. And I honestly lost a lot of friends for that. Wow. But I've never missed anybody I lost. Like God Ooh. removes people for a reason. Wow. And, I, <laughs> and that's not, you know, no shade. But <laughs> God removes people for a reason. And I got to let him do his work. Like right. he can work at me, and so I'm just like, okay, well, if you mad at me because I can't give you advice, then Shorty, I'm sorry, but wow, I'll be all right. that's good. That's good. Listen, it's so it's so interesting because one thing I've also found is the people that you know they cry like I really need you, and you know how could you not be there for me? In my starting to say no, like starting to you know say no, I, I experience pushback, people being upset, mm-hmm. and um, you know I've been reading a lot and taking courses. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud, amazing, his yes. resources, life changing. Yes, and you know, in you know, learning about how to deal with this, it's also realizing that the people that say they need you, like they all of a sudden are able to find other things or other people mm-hmm. to satisfy them once you say no. So it's like, bro, you didn't really, you didn't really need me. You didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't need me. And when Absolutely. you, when you thought that I wasn't here for you, you know, you, you dismissed me, you walked away. And so it's like that, that's telling right then and there. That's telling mm-hmm. that first of all, I'm a look, <laughs> I really need to, God, is this, is this somebody that I should be, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I, I'm learning that this is something I'm learning. It's not something I'm walking in perfectly but I'm learning to say God is this should I even give my 
energy is this somebody you want me to have a conversation with right now right you know and the other thing is like when we talk about like friendships I think I use the term friend so so like I take it very very seriously I don't just call people my friends Mm -hmm. and in recognizing like what these people are here for I have to make the careful distinction between who is actually my friends Mm. and who is not because I can recognize that God put some people in my life for them for me to help especially Mm -hmm. in what I do right like Mm -hmm. I'm here to uplift and inspire and so I recognize that there are some people who are just here to to get help from me and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because I know what their position is Mm -hmm. and then I recognize which people are actually my friends and which people will be here for me when I crack and when I fall Mm. and when I fail and doing that really helps me know <laughs> right. how much of myself to give to whom, you know? Right. And those people that are there for you when, you know, you crack and, you, you know, you, you need a shoulder to cry on are so few and far between that. It's just I'm like, I honor and I love everyone that's like I'm I'm here I'm here mm-hmm. for you I don't want from you I'm here for you yes um and we're here to uplift each other so I appreciate them yes girl yes girl. okay I want to talk about this other article it's called write it down make a plan intention setting for the new year and I picked this because I thought it was interesting I've seen a lot of people talk about goal setting mm-hmm. um and other types of things but I've never ever seen anyone talk about intention setting for the year mm-hmm. and so I wanted to um, talk about that a little bit I pulled some intentions out that I'm going to read um, and I want you to walk us through how you know in a day I would or for the week I would set my intentions what do I what do I even need to look at to say yes. these are my intentions for the week and then how do I like be intentional about my intentions? so okay <laughs> so, let me let me let me start here so Intention setting is a mindful technique that requires you to reflect on how you want to live and show up in life. Much like affirmations, setting intentions takes your mind off areas of lack and redirects your attention towards positivity, intentionality, and productivity. The focus of intentions are not about tangible outcomes. I found that really interesting. For example, I will make five friends, I will apply to three jobs, but instead are set based on how you want to navigate yourself in the world. They're usually, create, they're usually created by answering questions about what means the most to you how you want to feel and the energy you want to emit each day. And so I'm going to read maybe two intentions and then, you know, have you kind of walk us through, through them. So today I will navigate myself from a place of fullness, not lack. I'm equipped with everything I need and I will use it all completely. I will use my gifts to manifest greatness and will welcome opportunities that do the same. Actually, I'm going to stop right there. So mm-hmm. for somebody that's like, huh? Like, like how, <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? That that's not tangible enough, mm-hmm. especially, you know, oh, well, I came across, um, an entrepreneur that's very anti anything like this. And so <laughs> like, but I, I see its power. So how would you even, um, explain the benefits of even doing something like this, especially to say, you know, what was the, you know, I navigate myself from a place of fullness. Like, what does, you know, what, what does that mean? How, how do you even, you know, get to something like that? Right. So for me in any everyday, in my everyday life, um, and in anything I am trying to achieve, I have to be mindful, um, because I am huge on self-care. I am also huge on recognizing and understanding what my goals may do to me. Mm-hmm. And so while a lot of people are big on goal setting, like I need to make a hundred thousand dollars this year and I need to, you know, do X, Y, Z. I am also big on making sure that my spirit is in a good place to That's create good. what I am trying to achieve. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if my spirit is, is out of whack, then nothing will manifest in the way that I want it to. Right. Um, why I focus a lot on intention setting um, for me Intention setting uh, is usually, I usually set my intentions by identifying what I need to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I'm already mastering a particular spiritual practice, you know, what do I need to work on it for if I'm already mastering it, right? Right. I focus on what I need to work on, particularly what things I may have struggled with in the previous week. 
Mm-hmm. And so let's say mm-hmm. I am going through some issues with self-doubt, right? Mm-hmm. As as creatives and as entrepreneurs, that can happen. Right. So I'm experiencing things with self-doubt. My main focus for that week is being intentional about excuse me, being intentional mm-hmm. about coming out of that self-doubt. Okay. And so what, what can I say to myself? What affirmation can I say to myself to pull myself out of being doubtful? And so for the one you read in particular, it's like, I am going to navigate myself from a place of fullness. Mm -hmm. I am whole. God Mm -hmm. created me. God loves me fully. And that is kind of the energy that I put out into the world Mm -hmm. that when I am doing this goal specific work, Mm. I also have a good spirit that accompanies. Ah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. And <laughs> I, what I love about that is you have, in order to do this, what I'm hearing anyway, is you have to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. So you have Absolutely. To, yeah. You have to know when you're experiencing the lack and the reason why, you know, you have to be somebody that uh, is very reflexive. So you have Absolutely. to sit back and say, this is, you know, where am I? Why am I dealing with this? What's, what's wrong with me? And, and from there, you know, deal with that intention. So I want to ask you then, what about the person that isn't so self-aware that maybe, you know, hears this and says, well, you know, I want to be that way, but I don't even know how to, how, how do I even get to become self-aware to be, to make intentions? I want to, I want to have <laughs> right. that too. So I, what would you say to that person? For them, I would just say to start, Start where you are, right? You may not be hyper self-aware, but you know if you're mad or happy each day, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. some of the easier emotions to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. So if it's something where you may hate your job, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what that feels like. It's like mm-hmm. you hate your job, you know you hate your job. Right. You don't have to reflect too deeply. Right. You know that you hate your job. Right. So now you're thinking about you hating your job, and your intention would be like. This week, I'm operating from a place of gratitude mm. that my bills mm. are paid. Come on. And then I have a place of employment to get to, right? Come so it's on. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like starting where you are with what you know about yourself. Mm. That's exactly. good. That's good. And that was a word for somebody. Somebody. <laughs> that was a word for somebody. <laughs> yes, that was a word for somebody. But okay, so I love that. So how would I now... Um, Let's let's walk this through. So uh, being fully transparent, um, I put up a post yesterday and I had a really, really hard, I struggle with this a lot, have a really had a really, really hard time putting up that post because oftentimes my mind goes to, you know, what I'm putting out is not it's not you know profound enough because there are other people that are saying this. So what makes this special? So how, you know. In you know praying, I was able to put that anyway out anyway. But the next time, because I've dealt with this more than one time, mm-hmm. so the next time that I'm dealing with this, how can I maybe prepare myself throughout the week? Because I release an episode every Friday, so mm-hmm. how do I prepare myself throughout the week to you know to combat that feeling when I'm about to post something on Friday? In terms of like like your podcast or like social media content or Honestly, mm, well, let's let's go with um, podcast. Okay. So, how do you combat combat feeling like you don't have anything profound to say, or like what you're saying isn't any different than what other right, right? And it's not. Sometimes it's you know you hear. I'm talking about how do I combat that in that moment? You know that feeling in that moment. How do I prepare for that? Yes. How do I prepare for that? during the week so that on Friday, I'm like, okay, I know this feeling is going to come and I'm ready for it. Right. Honestly. So to me, that sounds, I mean, it it may be, or it may be deeper than that, but to me, it sounds like a lot of self doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think that when combating that you have to constantly reflect back to the creator and what you were created for. Mm -hmm. When you're operating in purpose, you know, you are doing exactly what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And regardless of whether it feels like you have any something to say or not because I've definitely dealt with that like I've definitely been like what what why am I writing this why am I publishing this this don't mean nothing to nobody Mm. um but when you're operating in that purpose you know that this is what God is telling you to say and again God is going to bring the people who need to hear this to the platform 
Right. Um, when it comes to setting an intention to kind of combat that, I would say something like, um, this week I am this week I am trusting that what I am publishing is made for whoever's going to listen. Um, and you kind of, and you kind of just create around that. You're like, I know God gave me these words to say, I have the discernment to, you know, say what he tells me to say. Like you, you would create something around that. Mm -hmm. You recite it to yourself every single day until you publish it. Mm. because what happens is that you're getting your mind out of the automatic self-doubt that you have, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we doubt ourselves for so long, Mm. it's automatic, right? Right, right, right. We are self-loathing, our insecurities and how we hate ourselves. It's automatic. Right, right. So in order to prepare for that on Fridays, you got to constantly repeat it so that the good thoughts are automatic for you versus the bad. Okay. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does. It does. It does. That is a blessing for sure. That's something that I definitely, because girl, I'm tired of feeling all those feelings. Anyway. You're going to make me, I'm going to write you an intention when we hang up. <laughs> listen, so I'm ready. That. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Actually, still on intention. So does a person for like all of 2019, do you write intentions for the week, every week? When do you know that you're ready to move on from an intention setting? Yes. So I do write one every week. Um, Sometimes I repeat them if I feel like I haven't truly mastered (laughs) the feeling. Um, Because again, it's based on how you want to show up and present yourself to this world um, Mm -hmm. and the energy you want to feel each and every day. And so if I feel like whatever intention I set for the week, wasn't necessarily met, I will keep that same intention. Um, Before I write my intentions, honestly, I pray Mm -hmm. um, because I want, like, I just, God knows (laughs) what I'm feeling inside. Right. So a lot of times my intentions are in full alignment with what he sees me experiencing or what he sees me feeling. and so I pray about my intentions before I write them. I usually pray then on uh, Sunday night, Monday, I wake up and I set my intention before I do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a repeat intention. I don't care if the intention don't even make sense to me. I know at some point it will. Um, and I just go on every every week and do the same thing. Okay. And still on this, like what inspired this like where where did you why did you start creating this what inspired this did you just one day just decide or just realize there should be a thing it should be called intention setting and this is you know or was there somebody that inspired you to start doing it um that's I don't really know I feel like it was one of those wake up in the morning and do it things mm. um I know affirmations were becoming huge yes yes um, I love affirmations. And yes I I certainly believe in the power of affirmations. I certainly believe in speaking positivity over your life as who you, as when it relates to who you are Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. But I think for me, I am just naturally an intentional person. Mm -hmm. All of my decisions are strategic and laid out and I'm making them and I'm confident in them because they in some way connect back to something that I want to do or am doing. Okay. Um, And but I haven't been that way when it came to my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so my intention setting started as my, I guess, strategic decision-making arm for my spirituality. Okay. And so if my intention for a week is to operate in love and to allow people to see Christ in me, when I carry myself out in the world and someone gets me upset, Mm-hmm. I have to take a step back and make a decision for that intention, right? Okay. So instead of yelling at them, I'm like, no, I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to show them love. I'm going to forgive them. You know, I'm going mm-hmm. to operate in the way that Christ operates. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the intention setting was like a spiritual check. It was like, a, let me make sure I'm making decisions and carrying myself from mm-hmm. a spiritual lens that's beneficial to me and my purpose and where I am going. 
That's good. That requires so much discipline and self-control, but that's awesome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, so I want to talk to you because it's three o'clock and I want to be keep to the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to talk to you about this article, um, How Losing My Best Friend Taught Me About Authenticity. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I picked this because I feel... Well, let me just read this and then and then I'll I'll talk about why I chose this. Mm-hmm. The true essence of friendship is being able to love people right where they are. It took me a long time to learn that my role as a friend isn't to change people. It's to bring light and love and joy to their lives. It's to support and care for them. Much of that means doing so as the person they are, letting people be who they want to be, letting them make their own decisions, forge their own paths and become their own women. Because true friendship isn't about com- conforming or forcing a like mind it's about embracing the mind and person that it's already before you and if you don't like that person that you don't have to be friends and um I wholeheartedly agree with this Mm -hmm. um I wholeheartedly believe you know to love people right where they are but then there's also that tension between loving people where they are and realizing wow I don't know if this is the right word for it, but how, okay. So how have you been able to, uh, how can you have a friend that's so different from you that you love so deeply? Um, How have you been able to have that friend and love them right where they are? Because I find that, you know, I have friends who are very different from me and and, I've been able to love them, but that hasn't been the easiest thing. Right. Uh, And even back to what, what we talked about with, maybe always being the strong friend it's it's I you can come to me yes but certain times I can't always come to you because I don't know we don't what you're going to tell me and how you want me to move in the world is not the same way that I actually move in the world do you get what I'm trying to say I don't know if this makes sense so can okay so can can you break that can you can you talk about that tension break that down how can we be friends with others and still love them because my heart is to love and and not just not with um not with a goal I'm trying to get you know to love you for who you are where you are how does that work when I need you to be a friend how can you be a friend to me as well right honestly one one of the most practical suggestions I can offer is to recognize what each friend is for Mm. Um, I think so often, and I know in my own life, I thought that my friends were my friends all around, right? Like my friends could be my party friends, my church friends, my, you know, go to school friends, my work friends, um, my give good advice friends. And that's not always the case, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, when you and your friends are very, very different, and you go to them for advice, it may not be the best advice to you because you're just naturally very, very different people. Right. Very, very different things. And so one of the things I realized after losing my best friend, honestly, is that it's okay to have different friends for different things, Mm. right? My going out, happy hour, having a good time, partying friends aren't always going to be the friends I go to for advice. Mm-hmm. And the friends I go to for advice aren't necessarily going to be the friends I go out and hang out with. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? Because everyone serves a purpose in your life. Right. You have to recognize what that purpose is and be okay with it. Mm. I, I know we want, you know, we want the one stop stop with our friendships. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just doesn't always work out that way. Okay. Some people are blessed, but <laughs> it okay. doesn't always work that way. Okay. Well, so I wish I could talk to you some more about some other articles, but I was like, in order to keep to the time, <laughs> I have to get to these articles. But thank you so much. I mean, I've really, you've really shared so much and it's really been helpful to me. So I know if it's been helpful to me, I know that it'll be helpful to so many other people. Um, I want to end this conversation with just getting your advice on, you know, just business stuff. Yeah. Um First of all, what is your advice for people that are looking to and to find their purpose, but don't know like where to start? They're like, I know there's like, there's something I'm supposed to do. I feel it. I know it. Um, I'm inspired by others doing it, but I don't even know how to begin to find my purpose. What would you say to that person? Honest, this is going to sound so cliche, (laughs) but connect to the creator. 
Like he created you and he knows why he created you and you cannot figure it out on your own. Mm. You will drive yourself crazy trying to piece things together without God's input. Mm. You have to get closer to him that he can begin revealing things to you. Mm. Um, Like I said in the beginning, I had really been doing this work since high school. I just didn't realize it. Right. And so there, you very well may be doing this work, but Mm -hmm. you don't know it. And so you have to get closer, form a relationship with God, figure out some things, and also read the purpose driven life. Yes, honestly, yes, Yes. (laughs) honest that will that will get you right there. Yeah, but definitely, definitely connect to the Creator. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, what is your advice? Because to me, dear queens, is a movement that's what it looks like to me anyway so (laughs) so what would what's your advice to somebody that looks at your movement and says you know I kind of want to start something like that like maybe not doing exactly what you're doing though but Mm -hmm. yeah you know what I'm saying like something that they feel like I want to start something too what is your advice to that person where can they practically start to build what you know something similar in their own way but something similar to what you're building. So I would definitely say um, map it out, Um, map map it out, map out what you want it to look like, what you are thinking, what your vision is. Okay. Uh, And it may not, it it won't necessarily come to fruition Mm -hmm. when you map it out, right? Like you can write down your huge goals for it and it may not manifest until five years down the line. That is okay. Mm. You have to have some type of vision for it. Mm. Um, I would definitely do some self-assessment, some self-check just to make sure that what you're about to do, you're able to sustain Mm -hmm. because that's a big thing too. Um, But then I would just say do it anyway. Like, you know what? (laughs) Like if you genuinely feel that this is what you want to do, do it. Don't right. listen to the people that tell you you're crazy. Don't listen to the people that tell you Girl, you don't have the money to do it. On. Don't listen to the people that tell you it's not a good idea or everybody else is doing it. Yeah. If you feel like to do this thing or create that movement, you do it. And you yeah. rock it. And you don't feel bad about it. Come on. Mm. What, now, I'm going to take it a step further. How does somebody get that confidence to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I'm just going to block out the haters and do me. How does somebody get there? You just got to lie to yourself sometimes. (laughs) As crazy as it sounds, even if you don't believe it, you just got to say it. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, like you constantly repeating that good stuff, those affirmations, that Mm -hmm. that self-love to yourself, your your spirit is going to naturally start picking up on it. We have so many years of insecurities festering inside of us. Yeah, our natural response is going to be like, no, I can't really do that. I don't, I don't feel, you know. Yeah, but you, you got to start, and you got to just say it to yourself. I'm confident in this, and you might not be confident, but you say you you believe it. Oh, yep. <laughs> believe it at some point. Yep. Say it till you believe it. That's right. Okay. That's, that is my motto. Say it till you believe it. Okay. <laughs> um. So I want to talk to you about what um some of your you've mentioned the purpose driven life. Uh, if somebody has not heard, uh, she's been talking about the purpose. <laughs> so I know that's definitely something that's in your library. But mm-hmm. what are some other books, some podcasts, some resources for self development that you would recommend? Yes. Um. So. Of course, the purpose of a life. Um, Showing Mary by Renita Weems okay. is an incredible book. Um, it is essentially it essentially uses Mary in the Bible um, as a blueprint for how we can love each other, how we can embrace sisterhood and femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot of spiritual principles, uh, biblical principles about how to do that. And that's one of I've read that book like four times. I love it. Um, I, one of the books that really helped get my spirit together, um, is Uninvited by Lisa Perkis. I can't say her last name, Okay, Um, but it's called Uninvited. And it's really about dealing with rejection Mm. and how to start shifting the insecurities that you have experienced from that rejection. Okay. Um, And one of the things on my bio on Twitter is like living in the fullness of God's love for me. And I Mm. learned that from that book. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's a really easy read, but I would definitely suggest that to people, especially if you're trying to step out and do something major. 
Mm. Um, because like I said, it's dealing with rejection and how mm. to kind of rebuke all the negative seeds it's sown in your life. So mm. those, those awesome. are my three go-tos. <laughs> that is awesome, girl. I got to get them books. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your personal vision for 2019? So for me, um, I do a word of the year and I create a vision board and all that good stuff. But my word of the year is alignment. Mm. And for me, I want to be in full alignment with everything God has for me. Mm. I do not want to make a move that he did not ordain. I do not want to make a decision that he did not tell me to make. Mm -hmm. I want everything I do to be in full alignment with God because I know that is where divine manifestation comes from Mm -hmm. um and so i'm focusing my 2019 in doing that praying to him before making any move um asking and consulting with him before i say yes to anything all Mm -hmm. of that that's awesome that's that's amazing so you are a treasure thank you so much for coming on the show i i genuinely i'm so glad i connected with you like i am so glad that i've gotten to talk with you i wish i could talk some more i know Um, girl we have a whole whole conversation right right i really do i wish i could talk some more and um i don't i just i'm excited to see where god takes you because i i genuinely believe the best is yet to come for you i really thank you um, where can people find you online? Just because I know people are going to hear this and they're going to want more. So where can they find you so they can get some more? So I am available at dearqueens.com. That's D-E-A-R queens.com. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter at Z dear queens. And mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram at Z dot dear queens. All right. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. you. It was a pleasure. And um, I can't wait. You have to come back. We have to have this conversation again. Even after this, I would love to keep in contact with you on some real stuff. Like you are thebomb.com. You really are. And now you have my real number. So text me, whatever. We can connect. (laughs) I will. I will for sure. All right, honey. Have a wonderful day, okay? You too. Take care. Somebody better gonna write your wrong. I can sing it for you all day long. Speak to me, Kylie. I'm the type of girl you call wifey. You guys, I so enjoyed that conversation with Zoe. Truthfully, I so enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I hope that you were able to take some points, that you were able to take something from our conversation that made your life that much better better because at the end of the day that that's why I do this so let me know what were your thoughts what were your takeaways I would love to hear all about it if you're following me on Instagram you can leave me a comment or send me a dm at mmjoyemma you can send me a email or a voice note at take a shot podcast at gmail.com again that's take a shot podcast at gmail.com also if you're on the anchor app and you want to send me a voice note that way you can do that as well as always i love you i appreciate you thank you for listening and as always i can't wait till i talk to you in the next episode bye guys i saw you across the room got you in my head Oh, I want all the time And the days don't end Cause I'm losing sleep Yeah, you stole it I can't keep on checking my phone No, I'm out with my friends But I think of you instead Is it alright? It's right Got to know you better Is it alright? It's right Told you how I feel Cause you could be more than a stranger So tell me what I need to hear Is it alright if I got to know you better? Is it alright? If I got to know you better.